With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by allsteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on youtube.com slash Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Today, we are going through a brand new Pittsburgh Steelers roster. There are plenty of moves, plenty of exciting rookies to talk about, and some vets that might be on their way out. We're going to dive into everything on top of our starting lineup predictions in 2023. It's been a rainy week here in the Berg, but honestly, you know, in Pittsburgh, every like four weeks, it just feels like it rains for 35 days and then you get a couple of days of sun. So this is just what it is. This is life in the Berg. It feels good knowing we got some good rookies. I want to know how you are. But first, on top of that, I want to know, have you seen the Joey Porter Jr. hype video from his dad on draft night after he got snubbed from the first round? Oh, like the pep talk that yeah. he gave him? Yeah. I did not watch it. I've seen it like going around and everyone talking about how, how great it was, but I have not actually watched it. No. I would highly recommend watching it. He, Joey Porter is like junior is crying. Mm-hmm. Senior is sitting there just like, you know, it's personal now. Like it's part, they wanted a pissed off football player. This is now they got it. And I was just like, okay, chills. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. This is like a crazy, like new phenomenon i feel like well like because you know i don't i'm sure joy Porter was motivated motivated i'm sure that was disappointing to not go in the first round but yeah he sort of did go in the first round still he was still like the 32nd overall pick and like yeah true this whole like you, you saw i think the the latest example i can remember is uh the national championship game georgia wins and then in the post-game interviews, everyone's like, they doubted us so much. Yeah. You know, no one thought we were going to be here. I was like, what are you talking about, man? You, you've you been the favorite ever since you won it last year. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. But this, like, this aggrieved athlete thing, it it works, man. It gets people fired up. Like, oh, people you can tell, love it. You can tell anyone that someone is doubting them, and they will believe you. Yeah, Odell Beckham Jr. during the his Ravens opening press conference talked about how you know he's been overcoming adversity. People have been sleeping on him his whole life. Like, bro, you're like the sixth pick in the draft. Like, you're yeah. an all pro. We, yeah. You just got paid $18 million at 30 years old. That doesn't happen. Like, nobody's people, ever. People believe in you more than they probably should right now. Like, yeah, you like... haven't played football in a year, and you just got signed to one of the biggest wide receiver contracts in the league. Uh, slept on? Nah, eh, maybe not. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe not that, slept yeah. on. Maybe overlooked uh, or, or under 
overvalued would be the right word maybe yeah yeah i don't know about that one but it was good i would highly recommend going going and checking it out for those of you who have not seen it definitely go and check it out it will give steelers fans chills plus joey porter senior is like you know what i mean like joey porter senior is joey porter senior like that's mm-hmm. the right. he is the like He's one the of the original hype men you know yeah. in this league mm-hmm. um so to do that to his son was was pretty awesome. I do want to get into the Steelers draft. Um, first, I, you know, we were talking about this a little bit before the show, but everybody knows that Steven is unfortunately a Boston fan for some godforsaken right. reason. Game one. Against you, can blame, the, you can blame my dad. Yeah, it was, it was it, I will actually that <laughs> when I meet him, I will, I will. Um, but game one was rough. Boston Celtics, Philadelphia 76ers. We were all watching you kind of, kind of kind of let it all out on twitter there i was having a good time enjoying it you know you, you got better expectations for game two here no no not really um <laughs> yeah like no they didn't play a lick of defense in the first game and then you know the sixers only yeah. though i i kind of expect joel and to play tonight and i don't know that doesn't make me any more confident like just no put the mvp into a lineup that already beat you just to do it at home too like and then after the game, I see all these Celtics players saying, "Like, yeah, we we didn't take this game very seriously. That is not what you want to hear." That's what not, are you? They, how are you not taking? What, this is round two, right? Is this yeah, the with, semifinals. Yeah, with Embiid out, like I, I sort of get it, but like I'm sorry, you just yeah, like, James Atlanta Hawks still... just like gave you all you could handle in the round before. How are you not like taking everyone seriously? That, yeah, this but... is the playoffs. I've never watched a playoff like as tight as this one either. Like I don't yeah. understand. What we're doing. I mean, hopefully game two is better. I don't know where Pittsburgh Steelers fans like fall in the realm of they hate Philadelphia, but they hate Boston. So it's got to be like a rough, if anything, I think they hate basketball too. So, I mean, and they hate basketball. Like it's just, this is not a good, it's not a good week for Pittsburgh Steelers fans when it comes to the Eastern conference semifinals. Who are the other two teams playing? Uh, The Knicks and the heat. It's interesting. I can go Knicks and heat. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the Knicks are fun. I hate the Heat with my entire heart. But, like, it's funny. Just <laughs> the people I know who are from Pittsburgh who watch basketball, like, it's an interesting mix of, like, some just go for Philly because it's, like, it's in-state. But then there were other people you can tell they, like, came up during those LeBron, Miami Heat years, yep. picked up the Heat. Other people just picked up the Warriors. Like, it, it's interesting. The A lot of Knicks, too. Like it's a lot just of a- Knicks. A lot of Cavs fans around here, I will say. I've learned – I've met a lot of Cavs fans. I grew up on the LeBron James – train like my dad raised me lebron james is the greatest basketball player of all time and it is embedded in my brain stronger than than anything you know like mm-hmm. i i believe that stronger than i believe in like it, literally anything on this planet i will argue <laughs> lebron james is the greatest basketball player of all time and i don't even watch basketball anymore but i just know so i i feel the same way when he left for the lakers it was tough for me like i couldn't it's really hard to make that transition because like mm-hmm. Just nobody likes the Lakers. You know, nobody liked yeah. the Lakers for a long time. So it, yeah. it's rough. Uh, hopefully game two is, is better, I, I guess. I don't know where to root for. I don't know where my alliance stands. I'll help you out a little bit, you know, put some good juju out there. But I guess <laughs> I LeBron, mean, it was a, for LeBron. It was it was entertaining, at least game one, you know, it was yeah. kind of hell for me. I didn't really expect it to be close. But hey, the, I mean, if you're a neutral fan, that game was exciting. Yeah, it's been a great NBA playoffs. Meanwhile, the Pittsburgh Steelers are chilling here. Um, before we get into the roster again, one more little piece of news that I did not prep anybody on. Uh, did you see what's happening with Antonio Brown and his Arena Football League? I did. I did. I did a little yeah. bit. I haven't gone fully in depth into it, but 
I don't know what's fully in depth at this point. You know what I mean? Like right, the like head coach much. quit. They posted on Instagram looking for a brand new quarterback, wide receiver, running back, offensive lineman, and a defensive lineman. Their pay has officially stopped, I guess. And half of their team, or at least all the stars, it feels like, are under investigation for a, a harassment misdemeanor, I guess, that occurred in a hotel afterwards. And and from what I got from the story is the, the way that everybody found out they were suspended was just they showed up at the hotel and like five guys didn't get keys to a room. So it was just like, <laughs> oh, I'm no longer on the team. They don't have a quarterback currently. They don't have their MVP, who was the league MVP and already scored 10 touchdowns in three games this season. Jesus. Yeah. Antonio Brown's killing it, man. Killing yeah. it. Yeah. This is, yeah, he is really killing it. This is, I would love to say I was surprised. No. But no. No. No, this is kind of the least surprising yeah. thing in the world. Yeah. Antonio Brown not playing his employees is just like a trend. You know, like it just takes a little bit. Like you have to remember that, like in the midst of all this, he's also, I don't know if he still currently does, but he had two weeks ago a warrant out for his arrest for not paying child support. We've been through the Antonio Brown not paying chefs and, and painters and uh, physical therapists and all these people, the entire Antonio Brown saga. So it's not even like, oh man, like I, I doubt that he bought a team and stopped paying people. Like, right. You know, that just fits the bill. Right. There's too much history to indicate otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. So shut up. You know, hopefully, hopefully the guys get their pay and hopefully everybody leaves that team because. You know, it's just going to get worse from there. You know, I thought we thought I thought getting kicked off the field was like the max of the Antonio Brown Arena Football League drama. I thought we were just, you know, picking out a little bit, trying to make a, a headline out of nothing. No, no we were just is. scratching the surface. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like it just he 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 was going to do it anyways. So we could have <laughs> just held off on that and yeah. not had to make a big deal out of nothing. All right, let's talk Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's get into it. We'll break down the entire roster. We'll start with the rookies. We'll move to the veterans, and then we'll end it with predicting the starting lineup in 2023. I want to start with your shocking names, your shocking, uh, I guess they could be anybody. It doesn't necessarily have to be a rookie, but it could be anybody that signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Do you have a guy or a couple of guys that you look at and say, I, I think he's a sleeper, and I think he's going to you know, surprise a couple of people and, and actually make this 53-man roster at the end of the summer? I do. I have a couple actually. And my first is I want to preface this by saying I am fascinated by punters this offseason now. I think when I go to training camp, the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna walk over and I'm gonna watch the punters. You um, you missed the uh you were like right after the Presley Harvin Jordan Barry summer where they competed all summer, like Presley Harvin's rookie year. That was yeah. the most exhilarating training camp battle i've ever been a part of like so you should be fully embracing the punter competition it's gonna be fun yeah well because like i I don't know just feel like there's a lot of pressure these guys like almost never actually kick against live like competition or anything you don't actually see you're you're kind of have to guess a little bit you're focusing on like mechanics and stuff but either way i'm looking at adam corsak um i believe an uh rookie tryout yeah rookie tryout no he didn't get signed but punter from Rutgers, uh, Ray Guy Award winner, which is the best punter in college football, averaged 44 yards per kick. Uh, 40% of his kicks went inside the 20. Another 40% were caught for touchbacks. Like, this guy can really boot it. Um, you know, I think people come kind of disillusioned with Presley Harvin. Um, I know Brandon Mann was brought in too. So there'll be a three-way battle at punter. And I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by 
I don't know the new punt God, I guess the new, like, cause this guy, this guy also, he started, I think all four years at Rutgers and he yeah. was immediately one of the best punters in the country um, in college. So I'm, I'm fascinated by this guy. I really I'm not rooting for him, but I'm just, I'm interested to see how he pushes them and just, I, I'm fascinated by the punter battle. I don't, it's not the most important position battle out there, but it's going to be, I think it's going to be interesting. Hey, in the words of Pat Narduzzi, the most difficult play in football is the most punt. important. Most, most important imp- play in football is the punt. The word, you know, quote, quote unquote, from the it's head the coach only, of the Panthers. Only play where you play both offense and defense on the same play. It's the most important play in football. There it is. Okay. Um, I agree. I think Korzak's a name that people should expect to make the roster at this point. I think Presley Harvin's going to have the upper hand going into the summer. They're not looking at him as, oh, we're getting rid of Presley Harvin, but they're definitely looking for a competition. This is going to be the third year of Harvin's rookie deal. He's got this year and next year. If you could go young, go young while you can. I don't necessarily think Braden Mann is like a real part of this competition anymore after you bring in Korzak, just because like if you're gonna if you're gonna replace Harvin, you're gonna replace him with somebody who's here for cheap and for the next four years. And Adam allows you to do that. What I like about him, and I'm also very worried about it at the same time, is that Australian run up to the line before yeah. you punt it style. I think it's super cool. And if it works, awesome. I'm not necessarily convinced that it's going to work in the NFL, like at least long term. Like how long can you get away with it before Bill Belichick or John Harbaugh figures out how to block that punt every single time? But for right now, I mean, it works like the guy, he had the most punting yards in NCAA history, which I thought was extremely impressive. He's the like you said, the Ray Guy Award winner. Everybody's going to point out for the next six months that Presley Harvin was also the Ray Guy Award winner coming out of college. And he was that, you know, like could throw touchdown passes, giant punter. Everybody was super excited about him. So it's a little tarnished in Pittsburgh, unfortunately. But I agree. I think that that's a name to watch. Um, I think that punter competition is definitely real. It's going to be so exciting. You'll get guys, wait till we get to training camp, and you'll get some people who like religiously show up just to tweet the distance and the hang time of these punts. And obviously everything's unofficial, but you know, it's it, there is nothing like a punting competition. Nothing like a the kicking competition, cool, whatever. Maybe there's one between Boswell and Potter who's coming in here out of Clemson. No, the punting competition is going to be real. They're going to spend a lot of time doing it, which is awesome. You never watch yeah. special teams, but it's going to be worth it. Yeah, It'll I was going to say, usually, usually special teams is like the part of practice it's, where you yeah, can kind of chat with people. Yeah, you take it, yeah. you take some time off, you chat with people, you go eat something, whatever. But no, 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 no. No. We're no. we're going to be locked in on, on yeah. special teams. Standing Danny right Smith. There. Danny Smith will have my full attention for all yeah, of training camp. Danny Smith's going to be a rock star during training camp. I'm oh yeah, so excited for good old Danny Smith chilling, you know, after talking about mm-hmm. these guys after practice. 100%. All right, who else you got there? Um yeah, so uh this is another I think this is just a rookie invite guy. Um but James uh sorry, I'm going to butcher his name. Nawayam. Yeah. Nawa. Yeah. No. I know who you're uh, saying. I don't know how to say it. Defensive lineman from Merrimack College. Um, I love his size, three, three, uh, six, five, 305 pounds. Um, just a position to need at nose tackle. Like they need some depth there. Um, I think his size alone is going to get him, going to earn him a little bit of leeway, um, even if he's still kind of a raw product and, and needs to come along a little bit. Um, making that leap from, I believe, the FCS to all the way up to the NFL, that's difficult yep. for anyone. But 
I, I just think that he's going to get plenty of opportunities to play and see the field a little bit and get some get some good reps. And I'm I'm just excited to see what he can do at that size and how he can kind of help this team plug up the middle a little bit, especially yeah. because, you know, run defense and it felt like they kind of got pushed around at certain times last year. So they're, they'll be open to, to solutions along the defensive line, especially in the interior. Yeah, I, I think that's a good name to watch. It'd be really cool to watch an FCS guy. I believe that's where Merrimick plays um make the team like you said you know big guy plugs up the middle able to play defensive end defensive tackle and nose tackle which i really like uh the steelers are going to look for options there could be a guy to compete with a guy like montrevious adams or Braden fahoko or, or armand watts who none of them i think are guaranteed to make the roster at this point i'm going to stick along the same lines here and i'm going to go david perrell's perrell's um, if I'm saying that last name right, I, I never know. Uh, we talked about him on Monday. The dude's walking out of college in, what, 33 games, 38 tackles for loss, and 23 sacks, plus an interception. Like, you know, you can't have a better stat line than that as an undrafted free agent. He's an edge rusher. I think the Steelers are still looking for a fourth edge rusher, even if it's Nick Herbig as the third. And I get that everybody wants to talk about, oh, Herbig should play off ball linebacker. The Steelers look at him as a defensive or as an edge rusher. They're going to utilize him as an edge rusher, at least to start his career. So I think Herbig's got a chance to be that third guy. And then Perales has a chance to beat out Quincy Roche as that fourth guy, maybe play some special teams. But, dude, if you're playing 33 games in college football and you're getting over a tackle for loss per game, that is beyond impressive to me. Like, you, you're doing something right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, the production is, like, too much to ignore. Um, yeah. This guy was – it seemed like he was almost playing – he was a senior playing JV or something like that. Yeah, you know, it was... exactly. Exactly. Uh, the third guy that I have is like a big sleeper that I think possibly, and this is a big possibly, but I'm, you know, I'm going to toss him out there because the Steelers like their, you know, they like to, they like to let that one guy again, you missed it. This is the summer before you showed up. Matthew Sexton, Cheddar Bob, AKA Cheddar Bob. Um, nearly, if it wasn't for a muffed punt in the final preseason game, this guy was making the roster. Like there was mm -hmm. no questions about it. He was a stud all offseason. Mike Tomlin loved him. Um, and then he goes into that final game. He muffed a punt and he was never heard from again, unfortunately. That's how close these lines are drawn. I think Jordan Bird's going to be along that same lines. A return specialist. I don't think the Steelers are all in on giving it just to Calvin Austin or Gunnar Olszewski. I think they're going to look for the best option available. I think if Jordan Burke could come in here and prove like, Hey man, I'm a return man. Like Steven Sims made the roster as a return man last season after week three, I believe Jordan bird could do that same thing. I think this is a much farther, you know, prediction or whatever, but yeah. right now I'm going to go, I'm going to add him to the list as well. Yeah. I like that. Um, they didn't draft any wide receivers. There'll be a chance for some, you know, I think I saw they, someone say they've, did not pick up a wide receiver. They picked up a lot of returners, you know, a yes. lot of rookie returners. So they're clearly looking for a solution at special teams with Steven Sims gone. So I like that one a lot. I think that's a, that's a good pick. Yeah. Yeah. I, and we'll, you know, we'll see what happens next. I want to get into the rookie class as a whole. We'll go through every one of them, see what ones make the roster. I think every, everybody on that, that was drafted always has a bit of an upper hand, but the Steelers are a little different than I think most teams, you know, like I was watching the uh, new heights podcast yesterday with Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey was talking about, and he's a sixth round pick how those later guys still have an upper hand because GMs kind of look at them and say, okay, well, I'm going to be evaluated on whether or not this guy makes the roster. I don't necessarily think Omar Khan cares at all. 
Like, I think he's going to look at it and just be like, I don't, bro, look at do, do, if he, if he sucks, get rid of him. Do not care. I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. That's how you ju- get judged here in Pittsburgh. So I don't necessarily say that everybody's a guarantee to make the team. That being said, you know, it's a pretty impressive draft, cl- draft class. So it's hard to ignore. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the big two. And these are, are the big four, I guess. Can we just acknowledge that the first maybe five guys, Broderick Jones, Joey Porter Jr., Keanu Benton, Darnell Washington, and Nick Herbig are all like locks guaranteed yeah. to make the team. That yeah. was exactly the five that I had that I said locks. Those yeah, locks. No questions there. They they will all have a spot. It's really a determination of whether or not they're going to start or not. And I think honestly, all of them except for Herbig has a really good shot. Uh, Darnell Washington will be the two, but but essentially he'll be a starter. Yeah, he'll play starter snaps mostly. Like he'll share that role with yeah Farmworth. I have to yeah. imagine they'll uh they'll like keep like a third wide receiver or something like off the the announcement list that first home game so that they could announce this giant six seven man running onto the field no right. doubt all right uh the the later round picks the two seven rounders Corey trice jr and spencer anderson we'll start with Corey trice do you see him six three 210 pounds coming off he's got a lot of injuries two ankle surgeries and an acl injury do you do you look at him as a as a player that makes the team or you think that he's maybe borderline about to get cut because of how deep this cornerback room is. No, I think he actually has a good shot. I kind of included him. Like I had tears, you know, we had those locks at the top and then I had some likelies and then some guys who were real long shots. And I had Trice in that level of, of likelies. I think he's got too much talent to ignore. The size is obviously great. And I feel like he only fell because of those injury concerns, which probably wouldn't have drafted him if they were, were seriously concerned that he wasn't, fit to play or wasn't going to be able to play. Um, so I, I'm I'm in on Corey Trice. I think he's he's one of those guys that, that will actually, you know, compete for some playing time, not just kind of make the roster too. Yeah, I agree. I think Corey Trice pushes names like, you know, Kello to the trade block, um, competes with the Madri Harpers and the 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 guy that they just signed from the the Vikings, uh Sullivan, yeah, Chandon Sullivan. Sullivan. Um all those like smaller guys that are new to the roster. I think that Trice has an upper hand on. Plus, like you said, if he didn't get hurt, if he didn't have all those medicals, everybody keeps talking about how he's a higher round pick than round seven to get him in in round seven. I mean, Grady Brown said it. That was the first thing he said when he sat down and talked to us after the pick, he was like, you know, I don't really know what's going to happen here, but I can tell you this, we're going to look damn good coming off the the bus. And Mm -hmm. Yeah, if that's if you keep him, you keep a six three guy around just because you're like, well, you know, what if year two is different? You know, what if right. what if year three is that you're he's six three? Like you got to give him a shot. So yeah, I agree. I think he's he's very likely to make the the roster. What about Spencer Anderson, offensive lineman? Played pretty much all five positions at Maryland. Uh, the the last of their picks here. Uh, yeah, I think that versatility is really going to carry him far. Um, I like Spencer Spencer Anderson. He seems like a good athlete. Um, there's I don't want to say there are very sh- few sure things on the offensive line, but yeah. it's kind of outside of those top five. It doesn't seem like there are any slam dunks. It doesn't seem like anyone's guaranteed to. Uh, maybe to Herbig. Make... Yeah. Oh, true, true, true. Herbig. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, beyond that, like, I don't know. Kendra Green seems like he's on his way out. I, yep. I There are other people. Like, I don't think very, uh, very, there are very few guys outside of Herbig that, that are a lock beyond those those top five, or maybe you know between Broderick Jones and Dan Moore, whoever wins that that uh, left tackle job. Spencer Anderson will, I think, make the roster just because 
they need some depth there. They know if, that he can play all five positions. Like you're one injury away from something pretty disastrous. And I think Spencer Anderson is a good insurance plan against against that against injuries. Yeah, I agree. I think he's like I said, he's he gives me John Leglue vibes. You know, John. Mm-hmm. I call him New Glue. That's Spencer Anderson, New Glue. Trademark. Um, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about it. Um, I got to talk to him first. You know, it's like the he big thing. Got him. Yeah, <laughs> don't be that guy. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. I think that he's got a good shot to make this roster because I think Kendrick Green's gone. I just don't think there's any value left in him. He doesn't play center or he doesn't want to play center. He's not good enough to play guard. He's too small. You know, you get rid of him. Maybe you trade him for something. But the fact that you weren't active for a single game last season and the guy that was active over you, they decided not to resign because they didn't value him enough does not waver well in your favor. Anderson could come in here if you're getting rid of Kevin Dotson, which I think is the biggest key here for Anderson to make the rosters. If you trade Kevin Dotson, which I expect to happen at some point, then Anderson's that interior swing man allows you to play center. You know, he could be that inactive guy, which is, you know, fine, but you want that inactive guy who could stay on the roster. And if you need a center at last second, you know, or you need a backup guard at last second, he could be that that option for you and he could slightly develop. Um, and I agree. I don't think anybody else offers that. And the, the offensive line depth is just not, it's really good right now, but you got to narrow it down. Like you can't, you only keep two, maybe three backup offensive linemen. Dan Moore will likely be one of them. The Raven Clark might be another, but I think chances are he gets cut as well. And then it's Nate Herbig and possibly Spencer Anderson. And I agree. I think his versatility Gives them a huge lift there. Um, moving into the undrafted guys. Tanner Morgan coming in here as the only undrafted free agent to sign with the Steelers. And then obviously uh, Hunter Johnson out of Clemson and Northwestern, a former five-star recruit, is here for a rookie money camp. Do you expect, we'll say, either of those quarterbacks to make the roster? I do. I think I expect one of them to. I think Morgan is the favorite. Um yeah. Look, Hunter Johnson, just like that talent never really panned out. Like he was the number one recruit coming out of high school, but yeah, just didn't really work out. Morgan's been really productive in college, ran a pro system. Uh, he was a starter for forever. Um, I, I think Morgan will make the roster. Um, it, it might be like a Mason situation where he just doesn't dress yeah. until he's absolutely needed. But yeah, I like I like Morgan to make the roster. I Do you like lean a different way? No, I think Morgan's the favorite right now. It would be cool to see Johnson like turn into a little bit of something. I think he's got some upside that just never, you know, grew at Clemson. But I also think the fact that he played behind the people he played behind with never really gave him that opportunity. Morgan, I don't really, you know, I don't look at him as a move the needle guy. Like if you were to ask me if I wanted to pick between him or Mason Rudolph, I'm going to resign Mason Rudolph. But Mason Rudolph doesn't want anything to do with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he's not coming back. I think Morgan's a good one. Just like you said, I don't expect him to dress on Sundays, but I expect him to be that third quarterback. I also don't expect him to be like that long-term backup that I thought they would get in this draft. Like I don't look at him as that answer. I think they're going to give him an opportunity, but I just, you know, watching, I watched a little bit of Minnesota football over the last two, three years. And I'm just, you know, I'm not really, I was never really super impressed with this guy. Like, I think he throws a lot of touchdowns, but he also throws a lot of interceptions. And he's just like, he's just a stalemate quarterback, in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. Doesn't really move the needle for me, but I do. I think he's got a good shot of making this team the big one. The the only one I really care about, if we're being honest. Monty, the mullet, pot and bomb. 
pot bomb, pot it, potty bomb, pot a bomb, pot a bomb. Thank you. Is what I've been going with. Pot a bomb. I like that a lot. Uh, fullback out of Iowa, probably the best looking, coolest guy in this draft. <laughs> Does he make the team? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, there's no. I mean, like no Derek Watt. Like there's no one in front of him. I mean, I guess you know for following your theory about uh, Connor Hayward, baby. Connor Hayward, but like. Connor Hayward moves around enough that I feel like he's not – you can't stick him at one position and say, well, he's our fullback. You know, like yeah. I, I feel like that's not set in stone yet. Potabom is a true full blood, like full blood thir- uh, full blood fullback. Um, and I don't know. I feel like you need a guy like that. At the very least, he's going to hit someone on special teams, and that's – he's going to bring an edge that I think the coaching staff's really going to like. And if he can catch some passes or open some holes for Najee Harris, that's that's all gravy on top of it. I mean, look at I'm gonna disagree and I don't think he does make the roster, but I sure hope I'm right or I'm wrong and you are right because I, I, I just look at it like you're not gonna keep a backup fullback if you do have plans for Connor Hayward, and I do. I fully expect Connor Hayward to get I mean, they don't really utilize a fullback to begin with. So I would love to see them start to. I think it would be awesome. But I think if they could just utilize Connor Hayward once in a while back there, they'll feel comfortable with it. I think the only way Monty Mullet makes this roster is if he absolutely balls out on special teams. And I would love to see him ball out on special teams. Like it would make me so happy to see him ball out on special teams. But I think you're running a risk of, you know, taking a roster spot away from somebody who might actually be utilized in this offense a little bit more. I will say this if it comes down to a name like Gunnar Olszewski, you know, versus Monty the mullet. I think I yeah. give the upper hand to Monty. Um, but I don't know. I don't have huge expectations for him. That being said, I look at him as a practice squad guy. I hope he's around forever, like yeah. forever, never leaves <laughs> ever, and possibly turns into the next Rosie Nicks, Derek Watt. I don't care who he is. Just, mm-hmm. you know, I Just hope keep he, him around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get rid of Zach Gentry after a year, and I love Zach Gentry. I think he's a good dude and a, and a you know, growing football player. Sorry, buddy. You're not rocking unless you grow a <laughs> mullet and change your name to Monty the mullet. Yeah, right. you just don't have the upper hand here. I'm just yeah, I'm not gonna pick you. All right, she doesn't have the juice without the mullet. There's just yeah, it doesn't have there's no juice. There's no juice. Jordan Bird running back out of San Diego State. I talked about him as a long shot, I think, to make the roster. Do you look at him as as a possibility to make this team? It's a possibility just because they the uh, battle for a return guy seems wide open, but I'm not banking on it. Um I don't seem as likely as as some of these other guys um would be nice i guess but i i don't know i i figure they're going to kind of have some better options for returning kicks and and stuff like that so i just don't see where he would exactly fit in and like you said you can you can give him a roster spot or uh, i guess this is the same thing as as uh as potabom but you don't want to run the risk of uh, you, like said unless he he plays real well on special teams there's not really a path for him to to contribute to this team or make the roster. I don't think. Yeah, I agree. I look at him as, you know, uh, uh, an option that I think is that third guy to surprise us and make this team as a return man. But I definitely get what you're saying. Like you have to absolutely ball out this off season to make this team. And that's difficult to do, but it happens every year. And, you know, maybe it happens again. I don't think he ever plays wide receiver. I think he gets an opportunity to play some running back um, or yeah, excuse me. That's what I mean. Yeah, I don't. uh, He wasn't. I think the Steelers messed up in where they listed him. I don't think he was actually a wide receiver. You know, like last Mm -hmm. year they they said Jalen Warren went to like, I don't know, somewhere he did not go. And Mm -hmm. you know, every year it's just like one little mistake. And this year I think it was just that Jordan Bird plays. 
a clerical error. Receiver. Yeah, yeah, a little clerical error that Steelers, you know, they toss a clerical error out there every couple of months, mm-hmm. and this time it was this one. Um, but I, I agree. I think that, it, you know, he's got to just absolutely ball out if he's got any opportunity. Uh, David Perales is, or Perales is the other guy that I think I think he's my top dog to make this at roster as an undrafted free agent. Um, I don't know how you feel. Yeah, I mean, like we said, that, that guy's got production to burn. Like, he just made plays every time. Um, you worry about, like, the – he wasn't, you know, playing in the SEC or anything, but – I don't know when you get a tackle for a loss per game, like that's hard to ignore. And yes, it's at a position that they need some depth at. Like I, I think among those, I think you're exactly right. Among those undrafted guys, he is the most likely probably to make the team. Um, he probably has the best odds of anyone just given what his position needs, what his position group, like what the depth looks like there. And then obviously he seems like a really good player too. I'm excited to see him actually, you know, at, Rookie minicamp, it's guys not in pads or anything, so you're not. You can only get so much of a look, especially at defensive linemen. But I'm really excited. I hope he's there by training camp, and I re- I just really want to see him. You know, actually start yes. putting on pads and hitting someone. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Would love to see this guy just come off the edge, uh, backs on backers. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Excited about all that. Uh, your boy James. I'm not even going to try to say his last name. Um, you believe that he's a shot? I think yes and no. Um, I think he he's on that line. Anybody on the defensive line, I think, has a real opportunity. I think it's one of the easiest positions to kind of like show yourself with, especially in training camp, because you're really much so looking for technique and get off and that kind of stuff. And if he shows that, you know, explosiveness, maybe he's got an opportunity. I don't know how those how those skills are going to translate to higher talent makes me a little bit nervous. I also kind of have, you know, some expectation for a name like Armand Watts. Braden Fajoko, I think, is a little bit more of a long shot. He didn't really do anything until the end of last season. But Armand Watts has starting potential. He's got starting experience. Um, and I think that you bring in Keanu Benton and maybe the Steelers like what they have there. But at the same time, they don't have like that true blooded defensive end backup. I don't know where DeMarvin Leal is going to play. I think that plays a huge role into who makes this team between Perels and, and James here. Um, so I think that whoever, you know, wherever he goes, I think the other player has a bigger opportunity to make that team and to make this roster. Um, Do you mean where he goes? Like as far as just whether he's playing defensive end or no. Yeah. yeah Leal. Like if Leal's oh, playing then. the outside, I think that James has a higher opportunity over Perels. And if Leal's yeah. playing the inside, I think Perel's has a better opportunity than um, James. Yeah, Niam Niam Waya, I think Niam Waya. I think that's that's my best guess as to yeah. how. Yeah, we'll, I'm we'll the worst out. name guy of all time, so I still get called out for saying Mitch Trubisky's wrong, name wrong. So how do you supposed to say it? I, I thought it was Mitch Trubisky. I don't. I don't. Oh, I don't know. I think you're adding a T in there at the end. That's I Trubisky. am. I don't yeah. know how to speak, man. I'm from Scranton, Pennsylvania. We don't talk <laughs> properly. That's not. <laughs> well, it's also not helpful when we're just getting like names written on a page. You know, we're not. We don't hear every guy's name called. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so. exactly. That's we're um, gonna blame it on that. 100. percent No, but uh, I think you're abs- I think you're absolutely spot on. Just as far as Leal is kind of a wild card, and a lot of other guys on the defensive line, their their status on the roster or their chance to making the team actually hinge on on what he does. Yeah. Um, let's go to the offensive side of the ball. Last two guys here, Trevor Downing center out of Iowa state. Uh, the offense averaged 369 yards per game last season. Do you think he's got an opportunity to make this team? I think he absolutely does. I mean, you know, uh, 
I don't think McCollum is by far by in, in any sense of the lock to make the roster. If you, like you said earlier, you know, if you can go cheap, go cheap and go with a guy that's locked up for four years. Um, I think Downing can play. Like, I, I don't think it's a matter of, is this guy capable of being an NFL football player? It's just, does he fit with the Steelers? Does he, you know, kind of, does he bring exactly what they need? And are they more comfortable with the guy like Ryan McCollum, who has a little bit more experience? Um, but I think he absolutely has a chance. If you asked me, asked me to put a percentage odd on it, it seems, I, I, I think he's less likely to make the roster than he is to not make the roster. But yeah. I, I think this is a guy who's capable of playing, of contributing or being a backup um, right away. I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think it's as, as long a shot as some of the other guys that we've talked about. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the perfect way to say it. I don't think he's like a, a super long shot to make this team. Do I expect him to make this team? No. But if he comes in here and shows that he's better than Spencer Anderson, he's definitely got an opportunity. If he comes in here and shows he's better than Kendrick Green, he's got an opportunity. You know, I think it's just a matter of whether or not he's, he's as good as he was in college or if, you know, he sits with that undrafted free agent tag and plays to that level, that'll determine, you know, his – like you said, his chances of making this team, but I do. I think I start him low. Good, um, good practice squad guy, in my opinion. Yeah, Young, absolutely versatile. You know, hefty dude. Uh, all Big Twelve selection. I think that he's he's a good name to come in here and kind of just fill a practice squad role for you guys. Um, do you know if he plays other positions? Like I saw he's listed as a center, but yeah, he's played pretty much everywhere on the offensive line. I think that was another thing is they're keying in on versatility here, which I think helps a lot with these guys that are just looking to make any practice squad spot available to them. Um, but I think either way, like even if he's just a center coming into out of college and he doesn't have a ton of experience everywhere, cause I don't know exactly how much he's going to play everywhere. Like they're going to test him on all three interior positions just to make sure that he could, because you're not keeping a practice squad guy who's strictly one position. It's just not happening. Like there's too many guys out there that you could bring back and say, Hey, look at, I know you play four or five or, you know, two, at least two positions on the offensive line. You're more valuable to us than, you know, a guy who's stuck to one. Uh, last name here, BT Potter kicker out of Clemson made a hundred percent of his extra points in college, 75% of his field goals. He's got probably got the hardest competition of any single player on this roster to beat out Chris Chris Boswell. Do you think there's any any opportunity for this guy? No, um, unless something very tragic happens to Chris Boswell, I think we can assume that BT Potter might be a practice squad guy. Like that seems pretty seems pretty likely, but um, no, I don't I don't really see him making the roster. I mean, you're not going to keep two kickers, right? Like no, not, no, no, no chance. I, I think yeah, maybe you. I don't even know like how the COVID rules are. Cause I remember back, you know, during the COVID year and even the year after, I believe you kept that second special teams player, that second punter, whoever, because you know, worst case scenario, your guy got COVID yeah. the day before you had to bring somebody up without testing them and having them clear and everything. But I think that's all gone. So I think at this point, I think the best thing for Potter here is to just come in here see how many kicks he could hit, see how well he could play in the preseason, put some good tape out for all other 31 teams. And then, you know, the Steelers, it's like Nick Skiba. If if the Steelers need a kicker midseason, they're going to call you. They should have stuck with Nick Skiba. Let's make that very clear. <laughs> they should not have went out and got Matthew Wright. But I think that that's uh, Potter. Potter kind of falls into that same category of like, you know, put on 
put on a little bit in the preseason, maybe, maybe you make the team or another team and then you make this team later in the year. That's all kickers really looking for. I think it's always crazy when somebody signs in Pittsburgh, but at the same time, I get it. Like that phone call has got to be like, Hey, look at man, Chris is not even going to touch a football in training camp. Like, right. That's what I'm going to say. Like if, yeah, he's going to get, he's going to get plenty of time to play during the preseason and put some Uh, real tape out there against like NFL competition. Like that is not, that's not invaluable. Like I'm sure that's a really good opportunity for him that he wanted to jump at. Yeah, I, I think that if he looked at it and just said, hey, look, at like this is the best place to put some tape on film and hopefully somebody else doesn't like their kicker and I got an opportunity, maybe. But, yeah, a chance in Pittsburgh, I think very, very slim. All right, next I want to talk about the veterans. We just talked about the rookies who may, might make the, the roster. Let's talk about the vets who might get cut. I got three names for you. I don't know who you're thinking. I'll let you go first. Vets that you think are surprise cuts this season that that might not make the roster. Yeah, I don't know how much of a surprise this would be. I mean, it, it would be a surprise to see him get cut as opposed to traded or something like that. But I think the odds that Kendrick Green is not on the roster by opening day are pretty, pretty high. Um, yes. It was clear they brought in a ton of offensive linemen that they're going to try out. Um, Kendrick Green hasn't exactly showed that he can contribute in any sense, really. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. Um, He's like a tweener. You don't know where, like what his true position is. Um, So I think Kendrick Green is a prime candidate. Like I said, the uh, punter battle. So Presley Harvin, he's on watch. um, I think like if they can go cheaper and younger, they absolutely will. Um, And then I think Mondre Harper too. Mondre Harper. Mondre. Mondre. I think he's a candidate too. Like if Corey Trice ends up working out again, you're going to go younger and cheaper as opposed to a guy who's been around the league a little bit. Um, and you know, a guy who might have potential as opposed to a guy who you probably already know what you got in him. So those are my big three. Um, it's all kind of dependent upon what your rookies give you, but those would be kind of the top three on my list. Yeah. I I like those two. I got Harvin on my list. I just think that the the punter competition is going to be fierce. I think there's an opportunity wins it. Like I said, I think that he has the upper hand going into the summer. I think they're going to rock that way. They're not looking to get rid of him, but they want him to have some really good competition. Yeah. I was surprised that they didn't bring in a competition last year. Doesn't mean that he's gone. Jordan Barry went year mm-hmm. after year after year after year of beating out competition and staying in Pittsburgh and then having bad seasons. Presley Harvin could possibly do the same thing, um, but I think that Cor- Korzak is, is a good name to watch. I think he's talented and, you know, there's a reason that he won the Ray Guy Award last year. Again, his Australian punting style makes me very nervous. But if you could get past that, if the Steelers and Danny Smith like either like that or tell him, hey, knock it off, let's punt normally, and it works, then I think he's got an opportunity here. Uh, second, I'm going to go with the the cornerback room as well. I think James Pierre's time in Pittsburgh has pretty much come to an end here. I think Akella Witherspoon gets moved. Um, I think he's he's a trade bait at this point, and I think he's worthy of that. But you look at it and you go Patrick Peterson's one, Joey Porter Jr.'s two, Levi Wallace's three, Arthur Millette's probably four, and then Corey Trice is probably five. If you keep six corners, maybe James Pierre sticks around, but I don't think they're going to keep six. I think they're just going to keep five of those guys out there, um, and I think that those are – that's that he's one of the names to get cut there. It, I mean, if he passes through waivers, I think he's a great practice squad addition, but I think somebody might sign him there. So you um, think they're going to, you'll think they'll do both trade Akello and cut Pierre. 
Yeah, I think they're just they have too many options right now. Like you'd rather go young with Trice and you know Akello's five million dollar cap hits are salary this season's you know it's rough and you can yeah, get rid of that for a guy who's going to be your third corner. Cool, totally fine for a guy who's going to be your fifth corner. Yeah, no, not really what you're looking for. Arthur Millette's another name to watch, too. But I, I think that depends on where Patrick Peterson plays this season. And I just think that Millette, you know, offers that inside blitzing ability that they kind of want to keep. So I don't think he's on his way out. Um, and then my third guy is Gunnar Olszewski, actually. I just, you know, I think Gunner is a very valuable run blocker, super valuable run blocker, but I just think that the Steelers are going to load themselves up on wide receivers too much. At this point, it's Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Calvin Austin, um, Allen Robinson, Miles Boykin, I expect to make the roster. And then you're really deciding if you're going to keep that sixth wide receiver, but you're also going to keep four tight ends, maybe three running backs. Like at, at some point, you're going to run out of space here. I think keeping that those five wide receivers and getting rid of Gunner makes a lot of sense. Now, again, if they think that Gunner is very valuable in the run game, I think he could stay. But if I had to guess which of the wide receivers gets bounced this offseason, I think it's Gunner. I just don't think he adds much value elsewhere on a roster. I don't think he's going to be given another opportunity, another real opportunity to be the, the pump returner this season. Um, and I think all three of those guys, end up it's a new turn for the Pittsburgh Steelers and I think out of all three of those gunners the guy that I'm just like man I think he holds the most value just as a run blocker but you gotta you gotta make moves yeah that position just seems too deep and you know I like gunner I think he's valuable too but you can only be so valuable in the run like blocking in the run game as a receiver if you're not doing anything else if you're not catching passes and like you said he could get pushed out of that special teams like return man rotation pretty pretty quickly yeah, agreed. And I think, you know, maybe like Anthony Miller pushes him out. I don't know. I don't really have high expectations for Anthony Miller, but I just think the competition is is fierce and it's there. All right. Last thing I want to talk about before we head out here, I want to go through it. Starting lineup. It is it's April. I get it. Or it's May. Wow, it's May. Yeah, it's already May. And I get that we have a long summer ahead of us. But the first time that we see the Pittsburgh Steelers roster in front of us is right now. And it's a very exciting one. We just went through guys that we expect to get cut. We went through the rookies that we expect to make the team. Let's finish this off with the starting lineup here. We'll start with the offense. Quarterback's an easy one. Kenny, comeback picket, number eight, back there behind center, no questions asked. Fullback, you brought up Monty. I'm going to say Connor Hayward. Who are you feeling here? I'm not really buying the Connor Hayward theory. I'm leaning towards uh, Potabom, quite honestly. Um I guess it could go either way, but I just I I feel like they're going to end up leaning towards Potomac. All right, all right. I'm sticking with the Connor Hayward. I'm excited about how right I'm going to be on the Connor Hayward to everybody who's been telling me wrong for months now. Um, okay. Running back Najee Harris. That's another easy one. Obviously, uh, wide receiver will go with the the starting two is Deontay Johnson and George Pickens will be on the outside. Who you expect to be that first slot receiver? I think they're going to run with Allen Robinson, kind of on opening day. Um, more of a sure thing than Calvin Austin right now. I think they'll bring Austin along slowly. He'll Austin will certainly play. Like it won't mm-hmm. be, you know, someone takes eighty percent of the snaps or whatever. Um, Austin will certainly play. But yeah, I think first play of the first game, it'll be Allen Robinson out there. Yeah, I agree. I think Allen Robinson's that the name to watch. But I think him and Calvin Austin split time pretty evenly, uh, depending on where they are on the field. I think Calvin Austin might actually play more than him. 
Robinson's going to get the start. The Steelers are real high on Robinson and Calvin Austin. Hasn't played an NFL down, so that's that's always difficult. Tight end will be Pat Fryermuth. Do you expect Darnell Washington to be the number two? Yeah, I think that's kind of the same thing as Robinson and Austin. Um, they won't throw Washington straight into the fire. They'll go with the sure thing in in Pat Fryermuth. But again, Washington's going to play mm-hmm. like they. He's just going to play. He's going to be especially in like you know big, obviously run uh, run situations. Like he's going to be in there to play play blocking tight end. They might go like two tight ends a lot of the time. Like there's going to be plenty of opportunity for him to play even if he doesn't start. Yeah, 12, 13 personnel is going to be huge for the Steelers this season. I agree. I think they they both are on the field. I wouldn't say equally, but I think Darnell Washington's on the field a lot for the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. All right, let's break down the offensive line here. Chooks, right tackle. Do we agree yep. on that one? I think James fair. Daniels, right guard. Agree on mm-hmm. that one. Mason Cole at center. Agree on that yep. one. Yep. And then left tackle, our left guard, open for competition between Isaac Siamalu, Kevin Dotson, and Nate Herbig. Who do you got walking away the winner there? I'm going with Siamalu. He's been there. He's done that. This guy is a proven commodity at at right, right, left guard. Left guard. Sorry. I'm bad at directions. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Siamalu, like this guy feels like a slam dunk to me. I don't even know how much of a competition it's going to end up being. I think he's going to be so clearly the the best option there that we'll know pretty soon who who that that he's the guy there. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think he signed here to be a backup. I don't think the Steelers had conversations with him about being a backup. I think he comes in here as the starter. He is their tank right now on the left side, and maybe Nate Herbig develops into that guy long-term. Left tackle, Dan Moore versus Broderick Jones. This is the big one. This is the biggest competition, I think, on the offensive line. Do you think Broderick Jones walks away a winner? Or you think Dan, Dan Moore Jr. holds out and starts another year? There's part of me that's that wants to say, you know, they don't draft Project Jones that high if he's not starting right mm-hmm. away. But you know, they're not they're not just going to hand it to him and yeah, agreed. he's obviously got some some growing to do before he's, you know, a perfect player. So it's not a complete slam dunk, but I'm leaning towards Project Jones. I just think the talent and the size and the athleticism is a little bit too much to ignore. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that you drafted Broderick Jones to like bring him along. I think you drafted Broderick Jones, moved up three spots to say, this is our franchise left tackle. We're done messing around. Here it is. Yeah, Yeah. that's they. Yeah, they wouldn't have moved up too. like that's That's the other thing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't I think Dan Moore is a great swing tackle, like a phenomenal played right tackle in college was supposed to be the right tackle for the Pittsburgh Steel or the backup right tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers as a rookie got pushed to the left side because of Zach Banner's injury. I mean, I think that he's he's a he's a better swing tackle than LaRaven Clark. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you're just not you're not moving up to go get Project Jones and say, all right, Dan Moore is our starting left tackle again. <laughs> there it is. All right. To the to the defensive side, we'll go through the secondary first. Minka Fitzpatrick is obviously starting safety. Demonte KZ versus Keanu Neal will be another competition to watch. That'll be exciting. Who do you got walking away with the winner there? Got to lean KZ. I think they're going to lean with the guy they know. Um, I do think that's a position where Neil, like KZ might take 60 or more percent of the snaps, but Neil's going to play too, I think, either you know in that three safety set that they like or just to give KZ a breather. Um, yeah, so I, but I like KZ to be kind of, like I said, day one or week one, first play. It'll be KZ and, and Minka out there on the yeah. back end. I agree. I think KZ is going to walk away with it. Um, I don't think it necessarily is anything negative towards Keanu Neal. I think they're, yeah. you know, very much so. That's just their third safety. He's coming off of a, of a role piece in Tampa Bay. 
where he played well there. I think they're going to move him around and try to find new spots for Keanu Neal. Um, KZ too. I expect KZ to move around a lot too, but I think the starting safeties will be listed as Minka Fitzpatrick and DeMonte KZ. Uh, the cornerbacks, there's there's three of them that I think are big names to watch, and we don't know what's going to happen here. Levi Wallace, Joey Porter Jr., Patrick Peterson. I mean, who do you who, who do you got starting here? I got Porter and Peterson. Um, oh, okay. That's I. Again, this just doesn't seem like I don't think you draft Joey Porter where you draft him if you don't have intentions on him playing a lot and playing right away. Mm-hmm. Um, Peterson, I think, is the obvious choice. That like that's a kind of a slam dunk, but. Porter versus Wallace will be interesting. I'm banking on the young talent. Um, I, I think he's, I don't know. I, I, I'm of the belief that Porter is ready right away. Yeah, I am too. I think Porter's the guy. They brought Levi Wallace in to be that dominant third corner last year. I think he played very well as an outside corner, like as the starter. I think Levi Wallace kind of beat my expectations. Um, but I agree. I look at it and say Patrick Peterson is a lock. Joey Porter Jr. did not come in here to be a backup, and he's the most talented member of the group, I believe. And Levi Wallace could come in here and play, I think, more than 50% of the snaps on the outside Why Patrick Peterson moves around to the inside, the outside. Um, the inside, the nickel, you expect that to be Arthur Millette again? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, I, don't, I, thought he, I thought he was perfectly fine at that spot last year. Um, I, I wasn't – yeah, I'm – I'm I'm fine with Arthur Millette there. I feel very comfortable with that. And I think yeah. he'll be a good yeah. I think in a spot in, in spots that you need a nickel, he'll be fine there. Yeah, I I don't think he's gonna play much coverage. I think they'll bounce Patrick Peterson inside to do that, play tight ends, that kind of stuff. But I think running off the off the edge on running downs, Arthur Millette will be the name there. Um he you know, he goes hundred and ten percent every single play. He'll hit you as hard as he possibly can. He's not really great in coverage, but you know, you could if you could hit somebody, you got a spot in Pittsburgh. Um, so I agree with that one. The linebackers will go inside linebackers first. Cole Holcomb, Landon Roberts, Mark Robinson. Those are the three big ones. Who do you, who do you see starting? What's the what's the two combination here? Well, I think Holcomb, Roberts, and uh, I think we're forgetting a little bit. Like if they run with three linebackers versus, I mean, so we're considering you know like that Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt. Those guys are. Those are edge rushers. Those will be outside yeah. linebackers. So we're looking for for two linebackers. Or are we looking for three, two, two. Oh yeah, Holcomb and, and Roberts. Then my bad. Yeah. I got, I got uh, confused a little bit. I made a little diagram, and it's a. It's a little, <laughs> I, I got screwed up a little bit, but no. Um, yeah, Holcomb and Roberts. Like again, those were arguably two of their bigger free agent signings of the off season. Like I don't think those guys came here to be to be backups. Mark Robinson, I think, still has a long way to go. I'm not super convinced that he's he's ready yet for a starting linebacker spot um so yeah I'm, I'm running with Roberts and Holcomb and until they prove otherwise or show me otherwise those guys are my starters from week one to week 17 and beyond yeah me too I, I think those are the two guys I think you still got to somehow find like a coverage inside linebacker but maybe that's Holcomb maybe that's Keanu Neal I don't know but I I do I think those two start Robinson comes off the bench. They want to see what they got in Robinson. I know that, but I don't know what he's got to offer in year two as a seventh round pick. Um, and then the defensive line will start on the outside. Obviously, that's TJ Watt and Alex Heisman. There's no competition there. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi will be the defensive end. Do we imagine that? I would say maybe maybe DeMarvin Leal has a shot in competition. Yeah, Leal will probably 
I think I kind of expect Liao to see a bunch of snaps early in the season, mm-hmm. and then as things get tighter, as the games get more important, you kind of just stick with Larry O. Um, but yeah, I think Larry O's your guy. Like, if you know, as much as the defensive line rotates, Larry O is going to be the guy playing the bulk of the snaps there. Yeah, I agree. I think Larry O is the move. DeMarvin's kind of like a tweener, figure out where he goes. That's how you use your two, and then you move on from there. They just got to uh, get a position for that guy. Like, they got to gotta play one, one position. Just yeah. let him learn one position and let him play there and see what you got. Yeah, because you got to develop your body differently for both of those positions. You can't be bouncing them outside and inside the whole time. It just It's not going to work. It's definitely yeah. not going to work. Uh, Cam Hayward will start at defensive tackle. Yeah, The big one, nose tackle. Keanu Benton, Armand Watts. Braden Fajoko, Montrevis Adams. Who's walking away the winner? Uh, Fajoko seems kind of to be on the outside looking in. I, I would love to say Benton because I just, you know, I, I'm really intrigued by the draft class and I love the rookie class that they have. But I'd say Adams and – sorry, I'm already blanking on the other name. Um, Watts, not, Armand Watts. Watts. Yeah, those are your two your two favorites to start there. I kind of have to – like I, I don't think either of those guys are really going to separate themselves in a meaningful way. I'm probably going to lean Adams just right now, but yeah, I, I don't know. That one seems like a toss-up. That seems like one where those guys are going to split snaps. Benton comes in in, in certain spots but just to see what you got. But I think Adams and Watts are as close as you can get to co-starters probably. Mm-hmm. So I'm going Benton. I think that really, I think he's going to, I think he's going to be surprising. I think he's going to be better than Joey Porter Jr. from the jump. Oh, I think he, Okay. I That's think he's it. phenomenal. I think he if if the draft board fell as the way I saw it, I didn't think the Steelers had an opportunity at him at 49 because I thought he was a much higher pick than that. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly saw him going in the first round, like late in the first round. I think he's a stud at the nose tackle. Um, big body, able to pass rush. Um, yeah, I just think I think he's I, I think he like just defines what a Pittsburgh Steelers reminds me a lot of like what Javon Hargrave was coming in as a rookie. Um, but probably better, like probably better than what Javon Hargrave was. I think he'll okay. come in here um, and they'll look for him to be the starter. He's got to earn that, obviously, but I think they'll give him the first opportunity um, with Montrevis Adams, I think, being the favorite to be like that backup pass rusher, third down kind of guy. Um, and then Watts, I think, is, you know, the best bet to be that backup, that true backup along the defensive line. And I agree. I think Fajoko is unfortunately on the outside looking in unless they keep everybody. But I don't know with Isaiah Loudermilk sitting there too, might just be a battle of who's left. And uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think Vahoko is going to get that upper hand there. Um, good, good starting lineup for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This will all change in months, but maybe it won't, you know, maybe we'll come back in the end of July and we'll be sitting here going, wow, this is actually the exact same starting lineup that we believed it was the exact same players. They're going to make the lineup or make the roster and not make the roster that we thought they were. It's a long summer, but this is the Pittsburgh Steelers roster. It is finally put together for for the most part. I'd say it's about 90% put together at this point. That is as exciting as it gets. Football is here. We are one week away, a week and a half away from them stepping on the field at rookie minicamp. From there, it's OTA's minicamp. Then we get the last break, and football is officially back. It's exciting times. Uh, with that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Find us and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Check out all of mine and Steven's work at allsteelers.com and insidethepanthers.com. I will be back on Friday with Derek. Enjoy the rest of your week. Peace. <laughs>